Welcome to Express Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We are a ministry of Arizona Message Ministry, the message to the number two dot US. We are supported financially by HaribouBooks.com. Make sure you go on there, buy some of the books that are there, donate them to your school, donate them to your church, donate them to your library so we can get the message of hope and the message of encouragement out. Enjoy the podcast. Good morning, everyone. What a great day to be in the Lord. I was thinking to myself this morning, if you have gotten the blessing of another day of life, if you've been able to wake up, be able to enjoy the family and the loved ones that you have, you are blessed. I woke up that way and I said, boy, I feel blessed. And I'm hoping that somebody who's watching here today feels that same blessing. We should just wake up every morning and say, God, you have blessed me. You have blessed me with great family and friends, and you've blessed me with health, and you've blessed me with an opportunity just to understand and see the great things that are going on around me. And I'm hoping that everybody who watches this gets that feeling of blessings. And usually we do a podcast after this, after the message, we try to do a deeper dive. But it's Suicide Prevention Month, and it's very uh, serious in my mind. And so I invited a friend of mine, who Erica Macbeth, who's active in the mission of preventing suicide. And her and I did a podcast. Um, I'm going to invite you to, to look at that. I'm going to invite you to uh, share that podcast, especially during this month, seeing if we can uh, help those who are struggling with depression, you can find that the Express Church podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbeam, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Search for it so that we can get the message of hope out to somebody who's struggling, especially during this pandemic. And that when I did a, a message on that two weeks ago, which gave us a detour from studying the seven churches of Revelation, we actually got all the way through six of the seven churches, and then we had one other church left. I got sidetracked again last week when it was Labor Day weekend. I wanted to celebrate Labor Day weekend by talking about that uh, laboring and how we serve and the never-ending debt and the continued debt of love that we should share with everybody. So that, that's got us detoured. And today I'm thinking about... Uh, Coming back, we're going to talk about that seventh church. But then I received a message this morning uh, from another church that said that asking everybody to pray for those who have been affected by the fires in California. We've had natural disasters going on. We've had all sorts of pandemic problems going on. But it's time to, I think, to just come and unite and lift up those that are affected and whose lives are really struggling and challenging in these in these times. So I want to start as I like to start our worship with a psalm. And the psalm that I want to start with today is Psalm 26. Psalm 26 for those that have their Bible, you know, I know there's there's some people that say that 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 they pause to get to the Bible spot, so feel free to pause for a second so you can get to Psalm 26. And Psalm 26 Verses 2 through 8 says, Test me, O Lord, and try me. 
Uh, man, I liked how that started. Test me, try me, examine my heart and my mind, for your love is ever before me, and I walk continually in your truth. I do not sit with de deceitful people, nor do I consort with hypocrites. I abhor the assembly of evil doers and refuse to sit with the wicked. I wash my hands in innocence and go about your altar, O Lord, proclaiming loud praises and telling of all your wonderful deeds. And then the psalmist ended the, his, this part of the psalm by saying, I love the house where you live, O Lord, where your glory dwells. I love the house where you live, O Lord, the place where your glory dwells. And I, I, that, that's going to be my highlighted verse for today. And I'm hoping that other people love where the house where the Lord lives. And I hope people love the place where God's glory dwells. And I think that when you look at that psalm and, and break it down, and I really liked it because I'm a lawyer, and David said, King David said to God, test me, try me, examine me, put me on trial. And I was wondering to myself, do I feel comfortable enough in my walk with God? And I'm going to ask you the same thing. Do you feel comfortable enough in your walk with God that you can ask God to test you, try you, and examine your life and see how it fits with God's holy word and the purpose that God has for you. David's argument and his presentation of his case included six times he said, I, I do this, I do that, I don't do that. All for the purposes of letting God know the person that he is and having, having present and argue his case before the Lord. And so I'm inviting each one to be like King David and look at your life and present your testimony uh, to the Lord for examination. I love the house where you live, O oh Lord, the place where your glory dwells. And I ask myself, where is that place? Where is the place where the glory of God dwells? Is it, is it, in, is it in your home? Is your home the place where God's glory dwells? Is it in your marital relationship? Is that where God's glory dwells? Is it in the relationship with your children and the relationship with your siblings? If people look at those relationships, do they look at it and say, I can see the glory of God shining through them? Does it, does it look when you're the way you treat your neighbor? When they treat your neighbor, do the neighbors say, I see that person and the glory of God is dwelling in him and the love of God is flowing out of him. I'm wondering if people who start getting tested, do they say, I love where the glory of God dwells? Does the glory of God dwell when you're dealing with the person that doesn't treat you right, the person that uh, causes you trouble? Does God's glory dwell in that? I thought to myself, God's glory for me dwells in my heart, in my action. Test me, O, o Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and my mind is what David said examine my heart and examine my mind. And I was looking at what they said, and I thought that the church at Pergamum, the seventh church that we're going to talk about in the seven churches of, of the book of Revelation, and I was looking, thinking about how that church 
could have see, saw that psalm and sang that song, test me, O Lord, and try me, examine my heart and my mind. I love where your glory dwells. And as we understand and we look at the church of Pergamum, Jesus said this to that church. And this is why I think it's so important that they talk about where your glory dwells. And the church of Pergamum, Jesus's message to them comes in Revelations chapter 2. Revelations chapter 2. This is another one of those stop the, uh, stop the message. If you want to get to Revelations chapter 2. And we're in Revelations chapter 2, verse 13. Revelations chapter 2, verse 13. Jesus is talking to the church at Pergamum. And he says, I know where you live, where Satan has his throne. Yet you remain true to my name. You did not renounce your faith to me, even in the days of Oedipus, my faithful witness, who was put to death in your city where Satan lives. Breaking that down a little bit. God had a man named Antipas who was a witness for the glory of God, trying to preach God's word, trying to prophesy about what God was telling him to tell the people. And the people disliked him so much that they put him to death. And what should have happened is the people should have been afraid and scared and ran off. But God's talking to the church. He said, yet you remain true to my name and you did not, did not renounce your faith. You stayed true to my name and did not renounce your faith. And I'm wondering how many people who are in that type of struggle could have the same thing said about them. Test me, O oh Lord. Try me. Try, test my heart. Examine my heart. Examine my mind. I'm wondering if, you, if God did that while you're going through struggles, while you're going through a pandemic, while there's great fires raging, both literally and figuratively in your life, whether you still stay strong in your faith. And when I looked at what Jesus wrote to the church of Pergamum, and I looked at what David wrote, I thought this is a tale of two cities. The contrast between what David said, I love the house where you live, O Lord, the place where your glory dwells, compare that to what Jesus said. Jesus made a very scary statement. I think that if, if Jesus made that statement about the city where I live or the nation where I live, but although I'm wondering whether or not if Jesus was talking about my city or talking about my state or talking about my country, would he have the same statement that he had for through David or would he have the same statement that he had to the church of Pergamum where he said to them, I know where you live, where Satan has his throne. That's a difference from what David said. When he David said, I dwell, I love where, you're, where you live, where your glory dwells. And, when, and I, I looked at that. I looked at what Jesus wrote to the church of Pergamum. And it's very interesting because I had to go back into the Bible when I saw that where Satan lives. And I went to Job 1, verse 7. And in Job 1, verse 7, God is talking to Satan. He says, where have you come from? And Satan answered, I have, I have been going about roaming through the earth, going back and forth in it. And then I added to that. I looked at first Peter five and eight. 
Peter says, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to desire, to de looking for someone to devour. And the, this was the characteristics of the devil, some, a spirit that prowls and roams back and forth. Peter warned that the devil is like a lion searching, to, searching for their prey. But then look at what happened in the church of Pergamum. In the church of Pergamum, unlike the other uh, references to Satan, at the church of Pergamum, the devil did not just roam through the town, didn't just roll, uh, go here and there looking for somebody, looking, being on the prowl, looking for prey. In the church of Pergamum, Satan established his residence there. And he didn't, then after he established his residence there, he created his kingdom there. To have a throne, you have to have power over the people and the place. In order to have, have a throne there, you have to have people follow you by agreement or by force. And that's what was happening in Pergamum when Jesus sent his letter to them. Satan had established his throne there. And when I thought about that statement, I thought about where God's glory dwells. And I thought about where Satan had his throne. Uh, we're looking at the conflict that exists between the two of them. I'm wondering where you where you are as you see the conflict between Satan trying to get his throne and the Lord trying to have his dwelling, his glory uh, known and his dwelling place known. And when I looked at that, I asked myself, it does Satan, where Satan live today? Where does Satan have his throne today? And I decided and, and thought about it. And I thought that Satan wants to have his throne in a place called authority. Satan wants to have his place and his throne and his residence in a place called authority. This is how I, when I, what got me to lead to that. If you look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God said, let us make man in our image and our likeness and let them rule. So God gave the authority to man when he made man in his image to rule the same, to have authority over everything that was in the uh, land that God placed man and placed woman to have. But he said, you can't have complete authority because I have complete authority. I give you the permission and the privilege to rule over your environment, but I ultimately have ultimate authority. And in my ultimate authority, I'm commanding you not to uh, breach the command that I gave you. Then the devil stepped in and said, uh, you need to, you, you'll be like God if you just eat the fruit. And we know what happened there. And then we look, we continue on looking at this fight for authority. In Matthew chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 through 11, we're going again like I like to do. Weave the Bible together. Go this way, go that way, go that way. So we have a firm foundation in God's holy word to understand the principles that God wants us to know. In Matthew chapter 4, verse uh, 1 through 11, it records how the devil tried to tempt Jesus three times. He tried to, he asked Jesus to challenge the truth of God's holy word. He asked Jesus to give him authority, give the devil authority. He asked Jesus to actually challenge God. And we know how that came about. What Jesus said, 
get away from me, Satan. Oh, I think during this test and during the trials that we have, during the struggles that we're having in the pandemic, during the fears that, that the pandemic brings, I think that the statement that we need to do is echo the statement that Jesus said. Jesus said straight up, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Where does God's dwelling uh, place uh, happen? When God has the authority and where his people serve him only. And Matthew chapter 4 verses 10 and 11 tell us that uh, ask that tell us that we are, are not supposed to fall under the authority of the deception that 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 Adam and Eve fell under, but we are supposed to have our mindset to serve the Lord only. And then his dwelling will, will dwell in our relationships and in our house and in the way we act and in our heart and in our mind, like King David said, continuing on this fight towards authority. We go to Revelations chapter 12, Revelations chapter 12. It says the, the great dragon was hurled down that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan. Oh man, he the Revelations 12 tells us, gives us all different names that the devil was called by. But the same thing was the same person, the ancient serpent, the devil, Satan, the great dragon who leads the whole world astray. There was a fight in heaven and God's angels fought with Satan and his angels and God angels won. God's angels won in heaven in the fight in heaven hurled the, the uh, dragon and his angels with him out of heaven. He, we had that fight, threw him down to earth. And then I heard a loud voice, the author of, of Revelations 12 says, then I heard a loud voice in heaven. And I'm hoping that today you hear that same voice coming down from heaven, speaking to you through God's holy word. Because I know that there's somebody out there who needs to hear the, a word from heaven on high. And that word that Revelations chapter 12 tells us, it says, now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. Where does God's glory dwell? It dwells in authority. It dwells in when we, when God dwells in authority through Christ Jesus, then that comes with it is our salvation, comes with it, is our power, comes with it, is our wisdom, comes come with it, is the kingdom of God living with us. I don't know about you, but I, that's where I want God's glory to reign. I want God's glory to reign in a place that has salvation when I'm falling down and I need somebody to save me, when my business is, is struggling and I need somebody to save me, I want to go to somebody that has salvation for me, who's written salvation for me, who's standing in the, in the path for salvation, leading me and guiding me, giving me the wisdom on how to go. I want to go, I want to be in the same place where the God who created the, the heavens and the earth, who has that power, who has the power to separate water from land, who has the power to separate night from day, has, has the power to raise the sun and, and raise the moon and lower each one of them at his command 
who where the wind and the rain uh, and the waves all obey him. I want that power to be behind me. And it says that that power is through the authority of his Christ Jesus, the son of man, the person who I worship. I, if I'm standing alone here today in church, I'm going to let you know I'm going to still stand. I'm going to stand with the church of Pergamum. No matter what was going on, they did not renounce the, their faith and they did not, they did not uh, turn from the name of the Lord. And when you're tested and when you're tried and when you're examined, I hope that the same conclusion comes to your life that as came to the church of Pergamum and let the glory reign no matter what is going around you. I woke up this morning, I, if you heard me at the beginning, blessing and praising God for what God has done for me. And I got so excited about this morning that I just was couldn't wait to come into the studio. I was walking back and forth in my room, looking at my clock saying, how, how come the clock isn't moving a little faster? And I kept looking at God's holy word and God's holy word gave a little conclusion for me, a little conclusion. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is, is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. That's where our mindset should be. When God, when, when David said, test my, test and see, examine my heart, examine my mind, our, the conclusion of that trial should be what we call in the law, the closing argument should be finally, I followed everything that's true. Finally, I try. I followed everything that was noble, everything that was right, everything that was pure, everything that was lovely, and everything that was admirable. That's because I had my faith in the authority of Christ Jesus, and I had my wisdom coming from high, and I've stayed focused on the Word of God, and through all that that was going on in my life, that was the foundation by, by which I stood, and I hope that when, the, when finally... That finally comes, that that is the examination that comes on my life. And I'm hoping that that's the same, finally, the same conclusion that comes on your life as well. But in the midst of that, in the midst of that, we know that there's a fight over authority. It, the word of God says the devil wants you to be like him, prowls around trying to cause hate trying to cause division, trying to cause doubt and pain and loneliness and jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, faction, envy. I had to stop my list because the list could go on of the things that the devil wants us to do to take our mind off the glory of God. I don't understand why you want to go down that path when there's a path of love, a path of mercy, a path of grace, a path, a path of peace, and a path of fellowship down the other road. But, but the, the devil wants to keep us uh, unfocused, wants to use deception, wants to tell us if we're in control, then we'll, we'll have everything that God has. That's what the, he said and has worked with Adam and Eve. I looked at the Bible. It worked with Samson and Delilah. It worked with David and Bathsheba. It worked with Judas and the religious leaders. I know that, that that's the go-to deception that the devil wants to put in your life, especially during this pandemic. You be in control. You be the one 
that, that you need to worry about. Don't worry about God because you, if you're in authority, then that will, your life will be just like God. That's the deception that flowed down and caused havoc in the lives of multiple people. The battle. And I've talked to a retired colonel, the doc, my brother, and I was talking about the battle. And I was so glad to have a retired colonel in the United States Army talk to me about battle strategy. And what he said was what the, the army tries to do, what the military tries to do at war is they want to they cut off the soldiers that are in battle with the central command. Oh, man, I hope somebody's going to going to follow me here. And, I, and I'm going to try to recite what the colonel said. I'm probably going to miss some out. So to my veterans that are watching, I'm going to try to do it the best I can. He, they, they said that you when you cut off from central command, you don't get any updates on where the enemy is. You don't get any orders of what you're supposed to do next to, to have victory. You don't know where to safely advance. You don't know if if the where the rear guard is that's behind you protecting you, and you don't know where the enemy is coming from. It is working in the strategy that military uh, forces use in battle, and it is the same thing that is used in our spiritual life. In our spiritual life, the devil is trying to cut you off from the from the central command. Oh, do you know where central command is? Central command is coming from God. Central command is, is the wisdom that comes from God's holy word. So I had to think to myself, how do you keep in contact with central command? The way you keep in contact with central command is you open God's holy word. If you don't want to open God's holy word, you say, I don't have a Bible or, or I don't have time to, to, to read the Bible. First of all, I'm going to wonder what you're doing uh, instead of having time. But you may be driving. You may be uh, fixing dinner. I talked to, to one person who said that they listen to Express Church while they're making dinner for their family. It doesn't matter. You'll have some time where you can listen to God's holy word. You should have some time where you fellowship with God's people. You should make some time to exchange the love of God asking God what he wants from you. I wake up in the morning. I have a go-to prayer. That go-to prayer is to thank God for the day that he's given me. Thank God for the health that he's given me. Asking God to take control of that day. Asking God to continue to bless each of my family members with health and thanking God for giving me the, the, my wife, Marla. That's my go-to morning prayer. The, the same prayer is almost the same at when I go to bed at night. I thank God for the day he gave me. I thank God for the people who gave me. I thank God for watching over those who are in my life and my family and, and children and grandchildren and my friends that, that God kept them healthy another day. Keeping in touch with God through prayer, speaking with God and understanding that we have distractions and, and I like how my brother put it. A lot of those distractions could be good things to do. A lot of those distractions could be good things to do. 
If you're like the doctor trying to save lives, that's a good thing to do. But if it's distracting him from understanding and being in, in communion with God, it's going to lead to troubles. There's people who work in, in social work, work with the mentally ill, work with people who are addicted and trying to bring them off of, off of drugs. There's people like my friend who was on the podcast with me, uh, Erica Macbeth, who's trying to work to prevent uh, people from committing suicide. Those are all good things, but that there's still one authority that leads over all the good things. And that authority is always going to be God. And, and any time you fall away from that authority and go to the deception, you go down the path of Adam and Eve, you go down the path of David and Bathsheba, you go down the path of Samson and Delilah, you go down the path of Judas, and that path leads to death where the path of God leads to life. But I'm seeing it. And, I, and when I was preparing this and thinking about it and meditating on it, a, a statement and a saying came to mind. And that statement and that saying was, you be you. I don't know, raise your hand if you've ever heard that statement, you be you or you do you. That's what was going down. And I started looking back at history of how things were going from when that statement first started and started gr growing and getting steam and getting steam and people started being just be you, do what you want to do. And then we started having a lack of caring and a lack of respect for your neighbor. How can you respect and care for your neighbor when you just being you, do you? How can you have respect for uh, leadership and respect for authority when you be you? They should be respecting you. You shouldn't be respecting them. And then we have uh, the, the leaders who are just be me, do me. I'm worried about what I'm going to do. I'm worried about my reelection. I'm not concerned about the, even the people I serve. It's only I'm worried about how many votes I can get. That's how we've gone down this path, down this path. And then what happened? A pandemic hit and people started getting in isolation. And then all of a sudden we, we found out that God's plan is not for you to just be you or just do you. God's plan is that we are in communion with one another in fellowship with one another to, to guide and to love and to share God's love. And so I'm hoping that when you're examined by God Almighty and that examination, you could ask God to look at, at you now. Examine my life. Examine my heart. Test me, O oh Lord. See where I'm standing. If you're standing a little short of where you believe God wants you to be, now's the time to get on your knees and pray to God for wisdom and say, Lord Jesus, please help me with some wisdom to tell me where you where your authority is in my life and where you want that authority to lead me for your kingdom, for your to bring your kingdom. Come, as I always like to say on earth as it is in heaven, which is our plan that God has for us is to help uh, bring more souls to the kingdom of God. Our plan that God has for us is to share his love. Our plan that God has for us is to share his joy, to, to hit the hurt, to see the lonely, to see the lost, to see the isolated. I don't know where God wants you in the harvest field for his kingdom, 
But right now, if you don't believe you're in there, it's a good time to talk to the Lord and say, I'm giving all authority to you where your glory dwells. I want it to be in my heart and I want it to be in my mind until that day that we stand together, all the saints of God in heaven to be with the Lord Jesus forever and ever. I hope that that is the praise and the prayer we have collectively this Sunday morning. Thank you for joining us and I look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. Thank you to all our guests. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Stephen Zachary Minister Gilbert, the Arizona Message Ministry on Facebook, and feel free to send me an email to the message2.us or to my private website, stephenzachary.com. Thank you to Haribo Books for supporting us. That's haribobooks.com. Look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks.